Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Book of James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Everybody say, testing, testing. Produces. 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 Testing, testing. Produces. produces. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. What is patience? Fruit of the Spirit, right? Character and nature of our God, right? Let testing produce the character and nature of God in you. And let that have its perfect work. And when that happens, you'll be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Father, in the name of Jesus, open our eyes to what you want to do in us, to your method of doing it in us. And God, I pray that we would be more receptive to your work done your way than we've ever been before in our lives. You agree? Yeah. Say amen. 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 <laughs> you know, Pam Sullivan came up to me after the first service, after I shared this message, and she said, think about how a butterfly comes to be a butterfly. Think about how a diamond comes to be a diamond. And think about how a baby comes into this world. Struggle, pressure. You guys see it? You see it? Very good. Let's go to Genesis. Genesis 32. Testing produces patience, the character of God in you and me. And when we let that have its perfect work, we'll be perfect, we'll be complete, we'll be lacking nothing. Genesis 32, 22. <clears throat> this is Jacob. We're going to talk about Jacob today. And he arose that night and took his two wives his two female servants, his 11 sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him, capital M, until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of that place Peniel. 
For he said, I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket. Because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. Now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming with him. There were 400 men. The word of the Lord. Turn over to chapter 25. 25 is where the story of Jacob starts. We get almost the whole life of Jacob in a short seven chapters. Worthwhile read, if I could recommend it. And in 25, 21, it says, Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. That would be Rebekah. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. Don't you love that? She went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Rebekah and said, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other. And the older shall serve the younger. Do you see the plan of God there? Do you see that Jacob, being the younger, was God's chosen before he was ever born? Do you see it? In the womb. The older shall serve the younger. Now, Jacob means deceiver or supplanter. Supplanter as in a, like a coup that overthrows a governing body or an organization, right? That's what Jacob means. Now, Jacob came out, y'all, and that was his name. He didn't choose it. It was given to him. He was labeled. And back then, your name was tied incredibly to your character and your nature and your way of thinking and doing. And he grew up, and he was a fulfilled prophecy in the way that he thought and the way that he did. First place we see it, birthright. Jacob, who was cooking, liked to cook. Esau was hunting. He was a hunter. And he came in from the field and Jacob had made some stew with some lentils in it. And Esau said, give me some. And he said, I'll give it to you. Give me your birthright. Now what's amazing to me about that is Jacob is flowing with the ordained plan of God. Right? You hear that? Give me your birthright. Almost like he knew. It makes me think of Moses knowing he was the deliverer and he had military training and he leaned on that training. And when one Egyptian or when, when, when one of his brothers rose up and killed the Egyptian and he got onto him, right? And then Moses ran because Moses, if you read Acts chapter seven, what you'll see is Moses thought that God was gonna bring deliverance through his training, through war, through an uprising. Had the plan of gone, wrong, wrong method, wrong approach, wrong spirit, being that of Moses instead of that of God. And you can see it right here. Jacob, almost like he knew, young. I don't know, I'm speculating, y'all, but you've got to hear it. Don't you think it's interesting that the Lord said, the older shall serve the younger. My covenant is going to be with Jacob. And Jacob says, I'll give you some stew. Give me your birthright. And Esau despised it. 
And he gave it to him for a bowl of soup. Right? But what I want you to hear is although with the end goal of God, with the promise of God, with the blessing of God, if you will, not God's way, trickery, deceit, supplanting, overthrowing. See that? Who's the deceiver? Who's the liar? Talk to me, church. The devil, right? The devil. He's the father of lies. And it's amazing to me that we can be moving in the overall plan of God and operating in the methods of Satan. That's what you need to see there. And so Jacob continues, and they grow up, and Esau sold his birthright. And it comes time when Isaac is old, and Isaac is dying, and Isaac has every intent of blessing his oldest, Esau, with his blessing. And Rebekah hears it, and she says, Jacob, come here. Esau is going out to hunt, and he's going to kill, and then he's going to cook, and he's going to go into your father, with your father, to receive his blessing. So this is what we're going to do. Go get me a couple of lambs, cook them, come in here, put your brother's clothes on so that you smell like him, you smell like the field, and take the goat's hair, and you're going to put it on your arms, right? So that you'll be hairy like he is. You'll smell like him. You'll feel like him, you know? And Jacob went in, and Isaac said, who is it? And Jacob said, it's, your, it's Esau, your firstborn. And even Isaac knew, you don't sound like him, but you smell like him. You feel, your arms feel like his arms. And Isaac blessed him. Isaac blessed him. And I want to read you that blessing. And he came near and kissed him. I'm in 2727. He came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. What the Lord had for him all along. And he got it through trickery, and he got it through deceit, and he got it through lying, and he got it through methods that are a million miles away from the character and nature of God. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) It is. It is. It almost makes me think, if Jacob could do that, I could do that. You could do that. So Jacob walks out, and Esau walks in. says, here I am, Father. And he said, who are you? And he was trembling exceedingly, and he knew that he had just been tricked. And he said, it's Esau, your firstborn. And he said, I have no blessing for you. I just gave it to your brother. And read it. I'm not going to read it to you. Read it later. Esau was broken and said, even one blessing, Father? Do you have any blessing for me? And he very, very quickly went from broken to enraged. And this is what he said. Our father's not going to be alive much longer. And when he dies, I'm going to kill my brother. That's what he said. And Rebekah overheard it. And Rebekah said, Jacob, flee. You need to run. We'll pick it up in 42. And the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called to Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. 
Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away. Everybody say a few days. Few days until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereaved also of you both in one day? And then they told Isaac, I want Jacob, I want Jacob to take a wife from, from the people here. So we're going to send him away to my brother's house to get a wife there. And Jacob is on his way. He had gotten the birthright easy. He had gotten the blessing easy. And now he was ready to escape death easy. You hear that? You see that? Are you guys with me? Okay, good. Let's pick it up. In 28.10, now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on, on the earth. And its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. For I will not leave you until I have done what I've spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely this place, surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't know it. And he was afraid. And he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city had been Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me, and keep me in this way that I'm going. And give me bread to eat and clothing to put on. So that I come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. Circle that. So that I come back to my father's house in peace. Think of what he had just done. Think of what he had done with the birthright. Think of what he had just done with stealing the blessing. How are you ever going to come back to that in peace? That's impossible. That is irreparable damage done. That is an irreconcilable relationship. But he said, if the Lord can keep me in this way and give me bread and give me clothes and bring me back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give you a tenth before the law. You really need to hear that in peace. Do you think that Jacob, to make that vow to the Lord and for his heart to be for peace, may have been starting to see the error of his ways. I do. I do. Lord, I know what I've done, and I see you, and I see your promise, and I see your blessing and what you want to do. And I know what I've done. And if you can make peace of that, if you can reconcile that, You'll be my God. 
See it? You see it? It's the beginning of repentance. So he goes and he's going to Laban's house and he's going to Haran and he goes and they are, they are watering the sheep. Right here, right here, right here. Yep. They are watering the sheep. And Rebecca comes. What timing, right? Sounds like the Lord, right? Being led by the Spirit, right? And Rebecca comes and they find out that they're relatives and he kisses her and there's a celebration and she runs back to the house and said, he's my relative. And he ends up at Laban's house. Thank you, Lord, provision. If you'll keep me in this way, then I'm going, right? He ends up at Laban's house and there's provision. And Laban says, you're my relative. You shouldn't work for me for free. Name your wages. And he said, Rachel's pretty. <laughs> She's my wages. We said it a little bit differently at the men's retreat, but that's neither here nor there. Rachel's pretty. I want her to be my wages. And Laban said, done, seven years. Work for, work for me seven years. She's yours, right? Birthright, blessing, stolen. Provided by the Lord, stolen. Deceiver, supplanter. He worked seven years. It's the night of his wedding. It's the night of celebration. It's the night that he had a little too much to drink. And Laban snuck his other daughter, Leah, in the tent. And Jacob slept with Leah. Took Leah as his wife. The deceiver was deceived. 29, 25. So it came to pass in the morning that behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what have you done? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? Gosh, y'all. It's Jacob saying to Laban, why have you been Jacob to me? did this and he may have gotten the blessing but he planted seeds back here of deceit and trickery and lies and now he began to reap them sowing and reaping and there was redemption all over it and the Lord was right in the middle of it and the Lord was with him but now, what Jacob thought was gonna take a couple of days, we're seven years in. Do you see it? Do you see Jacob? You know what the Lord was speaking to me in worship? There's a spirit of Jacob, and it is all over the church today. And you know what it is? It's easy. Easy. If it's easy, it's God. And if it's not, not God. That spirit. And if you come follow God, then you can get the blessings easy. You can get the blessings in a moment. Like Jacob did the birthright. Like Jacob did the blessing. Like Jacob thought he was gonna do. Come here for a couple of days. Spirit of Jacob. Easy. Here I am, Lord, bless me. And do it quickly and do it without pain. That spirit is in the church. So Laban sneaks in Leah and Jacob says, why have you deceived me? Why have you done this to me? And Laban says, I'll give you Rachel. Finish this week, take Rachel as your bride. Give me another seven years. The Lord has now turned a few days into 14 years. You see it? 14 years. Now, was Laban operating by the Spirit of God? Is that the character and nature of God? No. But was the Lord using it to accomplish his will and his purposes and his work? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me give you the best example of that that I have. The Lord used Satan to bring redemption to humanity. And if the Lord can do that, who can't he use? And what dysfunction can't he use?
to do his work in us and to bring his blessing to us and to work his nature in us. And that's where we're going. After 14 years, Jacob said, I've served you for my wives. Now let me go. And Laban said, please don't go. The blessing of God has come to me because of you. Don't go. Name your wages. And Jacob said, okay, give me the streaked and the speckled and the spotted. Let those be mine. And that's where the Lord bought the blessing. And that's where the Lord brought abundance. In the midst of struggle. In the midst of dysfunction. The Lord brought blessing. The Lord did not leave him. I will not leave you until I've done everything I've spoken to you. But he still had to walk through it. In part because of his own decisions. Ways of doing. In part because the Lord was working a new identity in him. And that's what we see. Then you have another six. Now we're 20 years in. Go here for a couple of days. 20 years later. I want you to be encouraged, church. You're not the first. We're not the first. You know, people of God that thought that something was going to come in a moment, and it's taken a quarter of our lives. You're not the first, right? And the Lord has not left you. And here he is in the middle, blessing Jacob, even though it's hard. Even though it's hard. Another six years. 31-41. Finally, Jacob... 20 years later. Now, listen, don't, don't lose the timing of this. The dream that Jacob had was 20 years ago, a Bethel, where the Lord was standing at the top of the ladder and said, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna multiply you. I'm gonna be with you. I'm gonna bring you back here to your father's house in peace. Promise, right? 20 years. Go find the words from the Lord in the middle of that 20-year gap. They're not there. They're not written. They may have happened, but they're not written. So it looks like 20 years of what you and I might call wilderness. And the Lord was with him, and we could see that. Right? Just like everybody else can see that the Lord is with you when you're walking through it, and you struggle to see it. 20 years. Finally, he goes, I got to go. I got to get out of here. And the Lord shows up to him and says, you got to go. You got to get out of here, right? You can see that in 31. The angel of God spoke to me in a dream saying, Jacob, and I said, here I am. And he said, lift your eyes now and see all the rams which sleep on the flocks are streaked, speckled, spotted, and I have seen all that, the, all that Laban is doing to you. I'm the God of Bethel. 20 years ago. The Lord shows back up and says, I'm the God of Bethel. You see it? Where you anointed the pillar, where you made a vow to me. Gosh, Lord, this is who I am. This is the vow that you made. Now, remember that vow? Return to the land of your family. It's all connected. It's all connected. And he leaves. And you know what Laban does? Chases him. Laban chases him. And they meet up. And we'll pick up the conversation in 3141. Jacob is saying to Laban, Thus, I have been in your house 20 years. I served you 14 years for your two daughters, six years for your flock, and you have changed my wage 10 times. Not only was he tricked, not only was he deceived, he was deceived and tricked, Deceived and tricked, deceived and tricked, deceived and tricked. Ten times his wages. Do you think that had an impact on the character of Jacob? Talk to me, church. Yes, me too, incredibly. Do you think he wanted to quit? Do you think he wanted to run out, right? And finally, he did. 
He left, but at the command of the Lord, he left. 20 years, when God was ready for him to leave, he left. And he came out from under that struggle and that oppression. And the Lord said, now, go. And Laban came and found him. And Jacob said, unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac, unless he had been with me, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. You would have abused me even more. You would have thrown me out like a piece of garbage. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. That affliction, y'all, that labor of his hands was absent in the first part of his life. Spirit of Jacob, easy, quick, now, without struggle, painless. And the Lord changed it, and he did it right here in these 20 years. They make a covenant. Now look at Jacob's next move. They make a covenant. Remember the promise. If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Thirty-two, Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met with him. And Jacob saw them, and he said, this is God's camp. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim. Then Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother. You see it? Jacob sought out Esau because the promise, the spoken word, the revealed plan of God was, Jacob, everything you've made a mess of, I'm going to restore. And you're going to go back in peace. And he sought out Esau. <laughs> and he obeyed the Lord. You think it took faith? You think he was scared? You're right, he was scared. Because messengers came back and said, Esau's coming out to meet you, and he has 400 armed men with him. And Jacob probably said, Oh, Lord, did I hear you? <laughs> oh, Lord, are you really going to redeem it? Are you really going to bring peace to it? Because I don't know why he's coming out with 400 armed men. And Jacob began to divide up his companies, divide up his family. In case this half gets taken out, this half will survive. That's what Jacob started to do. He started to make a plan B. See it? You hear it? That is when we pick up 22. Now let's go through it one more time. And he arose that night, took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 sons, crossed over the fort of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Who initiated the wrestling? God. Christ. Right? That man is capital M. The Lord initiated the wrestling. And if he did it with Jacob, he'll do it with you. And he'll do it with me. He doesn't change. Yesterday, today, and forever. If he wrestled Jacob, he'll wrestle Chuck. He'll wrestle Leanne. And he'll wrestle me. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him. Stop, look at me. Don't keep reading. We already read it once. You had your chance. When he saw that he did not prevail against him. When he, God, Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, beginning and the end, the I am that I am, that one, could not prevail against Jacob. Did not prevail. Did not prevail against Jacob. Thank you, Lord. Please correct me did not prevail against Jacob. Could he have? Betcha. But he didn't. Why? 
didn't want to. Got it. He didn't want to. But he wrestled, right? To me, if Alex Barefoot gets up right now and he jumps on me, he kind of just set himself against me a little bit. You think? Yes or no? What do you think of someone when you're rolling around on the ground wrestling with them? You're against me. <laughs> That's why we're wrestling. But he did not prevail because he did not want to. But he wanted to wrestle, didn't he? So when he did not prevail, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Now, Dr. Joe told me his Bible, which apparently is better than my Bible, has a little letter, and you go down to the bottom of the page, and it says struck, which I love. Much better. He didn't touch him. He struck him. He hit him in his hip. Low blow, below the belt, playing dirty. See it? Was not prevailing. Injured him. Why? You would think so he would quit. But in any event, what was going on, the struggle that was going on, he made it even more difficult on Jacob. Could you imagine wrestling with a dislocated hip? Come on, y'all. You could dislocate my finger and I'd throw in the towel. <laughs> hip. Hip. And Jacob wrestled on. I want you to see the progression here. The Lord wrestled with him, set himself against him, you would think, fought with him. And then when he did not prevail, he injured him. And then when that wasn't enough, he said, let me go. <laughs> Golly, I wish we could see it. I'm about to get down on the floor with you so they could see it. I tackled Byron in the first service, y'all. You missed it. When I'm wrestling with someone and I don't want to be there, it is not, can you, can you kindly remove yourself from on top of my chest? Get off me! That's what it was. Probably Jacob on top of the Lord and the Lord grabbing him. Get off me. See it? The testing of your faith produces the character and nature of God in you. And if you'll let that have its perfect work, then you'll be perfect, and then you'll be complete, and then you'll be lacking nothing. Right? Why? Why are you wrestling, Lord? Testing. Why are you injuring, Lord? Testing. Why are you telling Jacob... Don't you want to quit, Jacob? Don't you want it easy, Jacob? Don't you want to walk away, Jacob? Don't you want to try to trick your way out of it, Jacob? Don't you want to tell me something deceitful, Jacob? You've got to see what that looks like. You've been quitting your whole life. Quit now. Let me go. But Jacob had just struggled 20 years before this moment. And Jacob had endured abuse. And Jacob had been lied to and deceived. And Jacob had worked with his hands. And Jacob had allowed the Lord to work a different character and a different nature in him. And as soon as the Lord worked that in him, he showed up to test it. Because he knew what was there. And he knew what he had. And he knew what he developed. And the validation comes in Jacob's response. I will not let you go until you bless me. Gosh. That is the heart of a church that believes God. Right there. Because Jacob knew he was a different man. And so did the Lord. And the Lord showed up to test it. 
and the Lord validated it. And Jacob saw it, and he bore the mark for the rest of his life of what God had done in him. And that what God had done in him struggled. And what God had done in him prevailed. I will not let you go until you bless me. It was not empty, y'all. It was 20 years ago. It was, I know you. I'm convinced of this with all my being. Jacob recognized the Lord. I know you. Bethel, you're the God of Bethel. Here you are, right here in front of me. And you gave me this promise. And you told me you would bless me. And you told me you would multiply me. And you told me you would give me this land. And you told me you would return me to my father's house in peace. And here comes Esau with 400 men. I am not letting you go until you bless me. Until you do everything you've spoken. many times has the Lord done something in us and he shows up to wrestle with us? How many times have we not been willing to to stay in Laban's house is the first question. And not leave until the Lord says leave. But we've allowed the Lord to take us through it and do it and then he shows up to validate his work in us. And we say, Lord, I'm not going to wrestle with you and walk away. And we say, Lord, I'm not going to continue to wrestle with you if you hurt me and you injure me. And we walk away. Lord, if you tell me to let go, I'll let go. And Jacob would have missed hearing the Lord say his name and validate his God-given identity from the very beginning. What the Lord wanted him to do from the very beginning. The way of the Lord from the very beginning. Struggle with me. Struggle with God. Struggle with man. Don't take it easy. Don't lie your way to get it. Don't trick. Don't do that. That's not me. This is me. And when Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me, Jacob was saying, I'm a different man than I was. And you know it. I will not let you go. And this is the church the Lord wants us to be. We've been given great and precious promises that by these we would become partakers of the divine nature. Lord, if it's here, it's me. If it's here, it's me. I will not let go. I know who you are. I've walked with you. I've seen you. You've spoken to me. I know who you are. I know what your promise is. I will not let go. Let go, Brandon. Don't you want to let go? Don't you want to buy into easy? Don't you want it easy? If you'll stay in your addiction, it'll be easier. If you allow dysfunction in your family and you don't address it, it'll be easier. If you say there's no way I could ever have joy and you stay in depression, it'll be easier. You will avoid a struggle. If you become convinced that, Lord, if you wanted me healed, I would be healed by now, you will avoid a struggle. and you will buy into a lie. Because the Lord said, when Jacob said, I will not let you go, the Lord said, what's your name? What's your name? And Jacob said, it's Jacob. You know what I almost think? I almost think the Lord wanted him to answer differently. Because Jacob knew, and that's why Jacob wrestled, and that's why Jacob didn't run. You know, I almost think Jacob wanted to say, it's Jacob, Lord, it's deceiver, but I haven't been that way in 20 years. That's not who I am anymore. So the Lord finished for him. No longer shall you be called Jacob. Now you're Israel. 
The one who struggles with God and with men and prevails. Listen, church, this is what we've always bought into. We've always bought into the prevail side of it. Right? The spirit of Jacob buys into the prevail side of it. Birthright and blessing to prove it, baby. But the spirit of Israel says yes to prevailing and yes to the struggle. You see it? The prevailing is not any more God than the struggle. Because it's testing that produces the character and nature of God in us. You are God of victory and you are God of the struggle. Thank you, Lord. You are God of victory and you are God of the struggle that produces a butterfly out of a cocoon that produces a diamond out of intense heat and pressure that produces a newborn child out of indescribable pain that is who you are and that is our call. We are not called the children of Jacob. We are called the children of Israel who struggle with God, struggle with men, and prevail. Yes. Yes. This is your identity. This is who the Lord's called us to be. Now, the next question is, Lord, am I just going to tolerate the struggle? In the same way that the Lord asked me some time ago, Brandon, are you going to tolerate my correction or ask for it? Different. They're miles apart. Are you going to tolerate my correction or ask for it? Are you going to tolerate the struggle? or value it enough to ask for it because of what it can produce. You're not Jacob anymore. Now you're Israel, the one who struggles with God and with man and has prevailed. And then Jacob said, what's your name? And the Lord said, why are you asking my name? Are you going to improve on my character, Jacob? Are you going to give me a new identity? Are you going to add to me? Are you going to find something that's lacking in me that you need to give me? No. Why are you asking my name? And then he blessed him. See, Jacob got what he was after the whole time, but only after the Lord changed his identity. And then he went from there and he went out to Esau, and you know what happened? Peace happened. And God made good on his promise that I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to keep you, and I'm going to clothe you, and I'm going to feed you, and I'm going to bring you back to your father's house in peace. All because Jacob said yes to the struggle. You guys can stand up with me. I'm done. Father, may we look differently than the world. May we think differently than the world, God. May we even look differently than a church who all too often is full of the world and full of the world's way of thinking, God. Strengthen our faith. Empower us. Teach us. Thank you for this word that, God, you're, you're doing more than just bringing 
the blessing. You're doing more than just making good on the promise. You are testing us. You invite us to struggle with you. To struggle with men. To struggle with ourselves. To find things that don't line up with heaven and go, that can't stay. That doesn't look like heaven. I will not let go. Till you do everything you've spoken. Till I'm walking in the fullness of what you have for me. Until I look like Jesus. Inside and out. Because that is the promise of all promises. And the blessing of all blessings. And you are in the struggle. I thank you that you don't do it to make fun of us. You don't do it to belittle us. You do it to validate your work in us. What your spirit's doing. You do it so we can be perfect, complete, May we be a church who lives life in the spirit of Israel. You want to tell the Lord you're not going to let go, church? Do you want to? I won't let go. I won't let go. I won't let go. Until you bless me. Until, you bless me. Until, I'm Until I'm walking in. Everything you provided. Everything you provided. Until, my Until my life. And my family. My family and my church. My church looks, like heaven. looks like heaven. Jesus. Thank you Lord. Bless your name. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.